only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Steelers win another one. Back-to-back road wins. First back-to-back wins of the year. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Things are coming together. Uh, Hey, Atlanta's not very good. I very much believe that, and I think they're a sinking ship. But there's a lot of not-so-great teams in the league, and the Steelers aren't one of them. The Steelers are getting, they're making all the progress we had hoped that I'd sort of predicted. Um, It wasn't all roses, of course, Um, but let's dig in. This is the uh, Sunday night between late games and the Sunday nighter, as I try to do every week and get this to you as early as possible. So, kind of have a format here. I had very few pregame notes for this one, and we handled most of it, you know, last week as well, chatting about it. I mean, my couple notes here are stop the run, stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. Um, You know, I also wanted to check going into the game, you know, what kind of defensive snap counts do the Steelers end up playing I had a lot of worry about late game fatigue after a road Monday nighter. I'm not going to blame that for that's why they couldn't stop the run, the late game fatigue, because that was early in the second half, too, and it was not a too many snap situation. They were just getting pushed around. I also wanted to, you know, take note what AJ Terrell's role in this game was. It didn't stand out to me. Um, we'll talk Steeler receivers in a, in a bit, but I'm going to do more homework on that on second view. Did he follow? I mean, the seal receiver thing was a little odd. So Sears get the ball first. And again, I'm not recapping. I'm not doing a play-by-play here. I, I just have a couple things bolded as I watch the game. And we'll talk about some of the stats and finish things up with a big thumbs up, thumbs down segment here as well. So Sears got the ball and I immediately wrote down, are they going to score first? Question mark. And they did. And I, I don't want to look too much into this, but every game they've scored first, they've won. Every game they have not, they've lost. And it's starting to be more than a coincidence. And is it just a confidence thing? I don't know. Is it nothing? It might be nothing. Um, you know, as we're early in the game here, false start on Dan Moore. 
and I just wrote down in bold, too many more penalties this year. You know, Dan Moore Jr., and some of them are because he's out, he's overmatched at left tackle. Sometimes he's false starting because he knows he needs to get the jump because he's not quick enough to do it. I think he's a guard. I think he's a valuable player, but he is high on the O-line list of, inj- or of um, penalties this year. And then I draw it down. You know, this is, again, this is early in the game. Two hard runs by Najee. You know, and my note was getting yards on his own after contact as well as making guys miss in the backfield. And his acceleration looks better. His violence, his vision, that, that initial making unblocked defenders miss in the backfield and then beating people up after that. Great to see. I mean, he's definitely going to be a thumbs-up guy, obviously. Um, I like the quick sneak the Pickett had, and that was, you know, four of four on third downs at that point. You know, real precise. I was very happy about that. And they were citing this during the the the, uh, the broadcast, and this was the first drive of the game. It was yet another drive of 10 or more plays, and they I, I didn't rewind it, but it's basically the Steelers are right at the top of the league in drives of 10 or more plays. But just let's take a quick side note on that because it sums things up a lot. Is it's not a lot of explosives. I mean, you'd love a one-play drive, you know, a three-play drive for points. But it also means you're not turning the ball over or shorting, shooting yourself in the foot, and you are maintaining, you know, control of the football, which is a good thing. So it's kind of a backhanded compliment or kind of a 50-50 type of thing, you know, rich man, poor man type of deal. But um, a lot, I mean, like top of the league in drives that are 10 or more plays. And we saw them stall out in the – Red zone, high red zone, more than you'd like, but they are maintaining the football. So just took note of that early in the game. And then before you know it, you know, it was three nothing. It's like, man, eh, okay, I only got three, you know, and again, this is a bit trend. I was very conscious, as were the broadcast team, of their kickoffs. I thought the first one was particularly interesting. They hit that really high short one to Smith, who wanted to lateral it to Patterson, but probably wisely didn't. And then after that, I mean, I'll make a couple more notes about Steeler kickoffs, but clearly they had a plan and clearly it worked. I thought that was tremendous. Uh, they get the ball back. One of my notes was, wow, they're really spreading the ball around well. And again, that's a little bit of a backhanded compliment because I think it's a little bit clear that a third receiver is definitely needed in the offseason. That's something I've brought up more and more and You'd love your top guys to be getting all the carries. But there's also that John Stockton point guard aspect of what Pickett's doing right now of making it a little harder to defend, getting the ball in a lot of different people's hands. A lot of people are playing snaps on offense. And so, you know, I I think it's noteworthy is all I'll say about that. So first quarter ends. We know that a quarter of football is 15 minutes. 11-24 time of possession for the Steelers in the first quarter. I mean, Really starting to dominate this thing as it as it goes. Um, he, he Pickett misses Fryermuth for a, what was definitely a touchdown. I thought it was a really good read, just a bad miss, and he still misses a handful of throws that make you scratch your head a little bit. But um, and then quickly followed by Deontay's drop on that crossing route. Um, so Pickett screws one up, Deontay screws one up, and. It's six nothing, and at this point, you're really dominating the game. But it's six nothing, and you know that's just in this league, you got to score points, and that's not enough. But most of what they're putting on film at this point is very impressive. Um, next drive by Atlanta, they're running and throwing it pretty efficiently. I thought 
Um, and then note came out. I mean, just to throw this out there now, at, at that point in the day, in the, the the clock of the you know one twenty or whatever it was in, in the day, it comes out that Lamar was hurt for the Ravens. And I just wrote that down, put that in bold. Next week's opponent, Lamar Jackson, is only played ten snaps for the. Uh, Ravens today and then was replaced and we'll get to them at the end of the show as well but just want to make sure I got that to you I'm sure you've heard that by now um again they get the ball back they're winning 13-6 at this point um really again I wrote down and just bold another efficient drive spreading it around I'm impressed with you know how things are going here um another touchback after that making the game 16-6 but you know Three for three on field goals at that point. So at the half, as I like to do, I like to pull out some of these numbers. You know, Pickett was 11 for 19 for 145, a touchdown, no interceptions. He didn't throw an interception in five games. Mariota was nine for 16 for 122. So similar numbers, but Pickett was outplaying them. Time of possession at the half, 1904 versus 1056 in Steelers' favor, of course. Atlanta was 0 for 4 on third downs in the first half. Yards per play, though, were about equal. 6-2 for Atlanta, 6-1 for the Steelers. First downs, Steelers created 13. Atlanta only created 8. Total plays, Steelers ran 39 in the first half, opposed to 23 for Atlanta. Deontay, at this point, was 3 for 36. Drake London, who I'm a big fan of, was 4 for 72. Rushing yards, though, 94 at the half compared to 28 for Atlanta. And that changed, obviously. Mentioned how they were spreading the ball around in the first half. Eight Steelers had been targeted. So I'm wondering if that was very much part of the game plan. It sure seemed to be. Um, another So the half starts. Another note here, the Atlanta gets a ball. And I said, another nice job on kickoff coverage. You know, they obviously had a plan and executed it very well. And then I wrote, here comes the run. Because you know when they go in the half saying, man, we only had 28 yards at the half. And the only thing we do good as a football team is run the ball. So I'm not going to say, oh, the Steelers weren't ready for it. They just got beat up. Uh, I mean, I I said, here comes the run. And boy, we were right about that. Um, But then, you know, that that opening drive, they get the third and 11. Steelers blitz. Mariota just kind of chucks it up for grabs, even though London was open deep. He just couldn't get it to him, missed him bad. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're, we're good. You know, not, not a big deal here. Um, Steelers get another drive, turn it into, make it 19-6 after that one. And then Atlanta comes back and they're running the ball and really run the ball. You know, it, it come out running and running well. Steelers getting gouged, big holes, seven run plays in a row, moving right down the field, play action touchdown to Pruitt, and all of a sudden it's 19-13, and Atlanta's got momentum, and they're running the ball, and it's the only thing they can do, and that's the whole key to the game, and we know all these things, and uh uh-oh, you know, time to get worried. So the next drive starts, and I have a big get pickings involved, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, They got him a, a... his target right there, but big deal. You know, it still was not nearly involved. Um, first play was to Pickens. Great. And then an end around to Gunner. And I just wrote, does Gunner really need offensive snaps? And if I see another end around the Gunner, I'm going to lose my mind. End of the third quarter at that point. Um, but then you get to third and eight in that drive. Huge play. I mean, there was a, a legal hands of the face that was declined. It was complete to Deontay who fumbles. 
And that was overturned. It was not a fumble. Pickens is getting frustrated. Punt. Things are looking bad at this point, you know, because Atlanta's running the ball. You know, Steelers getting gashed again. Very little from TJ Watt again in this game. Moving gingerly. These are my notes at this stage of the of the half. And before you know it, it's 1916. And that's a Falcons muck it up kind of game. They play a ton of, you know, close, close games and they can only play one way and the Steelers are letting it happen. So Steelers get the ball back and I'm, you know, my note is eating the clock well, another efficient drive and then another end around the gunner. Oh my gosh. Question mark, exclamation point, bad word. You know, what are we doing here? Um, but all in all, I mean, that was really my only complaint about play calling and things is this gunner stuff but oh well smith their head coach isn't using timeouts although he has three clock ticks down to two minutes why you know i mean you could have you could have saved like 40 seconds or so i mean i have no idea what he was doing with that um at the th- and then we're at the very end of the game here of course and steelers are at the 35 I'm not sure what I would have done there. I just thought, man, I'm not real envious of Tomlin right now. I mean, your new kicker, that's a 52-yarder. What if it gets blocked? You know me, a missed field goal is the same as a turnover. You give the ball to the team, you know, in very good field position. He takes a delay a game, punts it from the 40. I don't think that's what I would have done because, frankly, I thought there's a really good chance Harvin's just going to kick this thing in the end zone and you're only going to gain 20 yards. But one of the plays of the day, great for Harvin, amazing punt, downs it at the two, all worked out. But that was a, a hairy head coaching situation is all I'll say about that. So, and Minka picks the ball off the end of the game, as you guys all saw, strolls out of bounds. Obviously, that could have been a pick six. Two huge plays there by Harvin and Minka back-to-back. I mean, just fantastic. So, game ends, and run down these stats. They're a little different than the ones at the half. First downs, 22-18, to the Steelers. Total plays, 65-53, to the Steelers. Yards per play, Atlanta still had the edge, 5-8 to 5-4. Passing yards, 197 to 160 by Atlanta. Rushing yards end up being about the same, 154, which, by the way, is a very good day at the office, to reverse 146 for Atlanta. Third downs, Steelers were 50%, very good, 6 for six for 12. Atlanta was only 3 for 10, but they did convert their only fourth down opportunity. Time of possession got a little closer here at the end, a little under 33 versus a little over 27 for Atlanta. Pickett ends up 16 to 28 for 197. One touchdown, zero picks. I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm def- with the way he ran the ball, that's fine. Mariota was only 13 of 24, 167. He threw a pick at the end, threw a touchdown. I didn't think he played particularly well or is a particularly good passer anymore. Najee ends up 17 for 84. London ends up 6 for 95. He got 11 targets. Deontay also got 11 targets, only ended up 5 for 60, though. Uh, Pickens ends up with two targets. Catches one of them for two yards. That needs to change. Fryermuth had five targets, three for 76. He's a star. Um, one sack by the Steelers, zero by the Falcons. Mm, okay. Not what I expected. Um, all right. We'll take a quick break, wrap this thing up with a stat or two that I, that I dug up, as well as stock up and stock down.
Alright, we are back, and I just happened to stumble on the um, NFL.com wrap-ups that they do, and I'm just going to read verbatim what they said, because I thought they were both interesting. Kenny Pickett completed 11 of 16 passes for 151 yards and a touchdown versus zone coverage, but it was only 3 for 10 for 37 yards versus man coverage. Just going to look into that more. I mean, again, he was only three passes. It was only 10 or 10 passes, only three completions. Do I think he struggles versus man? I don't know. Goes back to, I'm also curious what Terrell does because he's a very good man coverage corner. Did Pickens have a tough time getting off man? I bet that was the case. I mean, just a hunch, but I don't know that right this second. And this is just a little odd, odd one that they had too. The, the Falcons and Steelers tied the record for most 45-plus-yard field goals in one NFL game in the history of the league. Five of them. I would think there'd be more than that. I mean, they played a lot of games in the history of the NFL. But five 45-yard-plus um, field goals in this game. Okie doke. Okay, stock up. Pick it. Just keeps getting better, more comfortable, elevating those around him. Misses some throws, but, you know, getting better. I mean, he's making strides every week. Not turning the ball over. Najee, I mean, guy was in the hospital six days ago or something, and he is running maybe better than his rookie year. I mean, I'd like to see him more involved in the passing game, but I talked about him earlier in the podcast, playing great. Boring. Fryermuth, I put him here every week. He's just really good. He's really consistent. But his new buddy, Connor Hayward, gets a touchdown in the uh, against the Falcons, who his daddy played for, and they grew up in that area, and, you know, very cool, well-designed play. If you recall, after the Claypool trade, I mentioned wouldn't shock me if Hayward's role grows a little bit as a receiver. Seems to be happening as well. Um, no sacks. So my buddy gave me this little tidbit. Are we going to call it the picket fence, the five-man protection there? Building a little fence around Kenny Pickett, the picket fence. Is that going to stick? We like that? Eh, maybe. But no, no sacks. I mean, they're a terrible pass rushing team, but no sacks. And Kenny had something to do with that too. I mean, evading pressure well while keeping his eyes downfield, using his legs. I thought the run blocking was very good too. So offensive line across the board on first blush, thumbs up, run blocking, and the picket fence. Um, Got to say Minka. I mean, he makes the big pick six. I'm going to call it a pick six, but he, you know, obviously he didn't go in the end zone. And a huge run stop for a t- tackle for loss too, playing up near the line of scrimmage. How about Harvin and his awesome punt? He wasn't called on very much today, but when when so, he had a punt of the year. Um, right. You know, if we're going to talk about specialists, I mean, he hit three of those field goals from 46 or longer. His kickoffs were tremendous. Boz seems like he's he could be back next week. I assume he will. I have, We'll figure that out as it goes. But the right experience was great. I mean, the, the two big kicks he missed were against the Saints. And you won that game anyways. Um, I'll usually call out the opponent more tomorrow when we dig in deep, but I thought Drake London was really, really good in this game. And as, as good of a prospect as Pickens is, London and the two Ohio State guys, Alave and Wilson, are three of the rookies that I would definitely trade Pickens for. And that's not a knock on Pickens. They were all drafted ahead of them. They're all excellent prospects. But just comparing him to other rookie receivers. Stock down, offensive touchdowns, finishing drives, red zone. 
outside the red zone. They seem to stall before they get to the 20. I mean, that's just an arbitrary line anyway. But when the field condenses, I don't know, 30 yards and in, 35 yards and in, they let Atlanta hang around. I mean, they could have stomped on Atlanta early in this game, but they let them hang around because of red zone problems, you know, just not, not producing touchdowns. Stock down all the receivers. I mean, talked enough about Gunner. I, I've seen enough of him on offense. I understand he throws his body around. He's a good blocker, and that has some merit. Fine. Sims muffed a punt. He had a, a, a bad drop. He went out of bounds and they got that illegal touching call on what was a really nice play other than that by him and Pickett. Deontay had his share of woes again. And, you know, what's the reliability level with him? Pickens is kind of pouting and not producing and maybe not getting off man coverage. I guess, as again, we will look into those things. But it was a bad receiver day for the Steelers. It's also a bad pass rush day for the Steelers. I mean, I think a lot of their pass rush plan was don't let Mariota out, and therefore you sacrifice some sacks in the meantime. But, you know, one sack for the day, and it wasn't like they you know ran the entire game start to finish. you got to produce more than that. Obviously, the run defense. Um, so, but I just called out the pass rush. I just called out the run defense, which we talked about earlier. Got gashed for 20 minutes of play or so. But was it a bad game by the D? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, again, let me think about that a little bit more. They didn't make much splash, but they were clutch when it needed to. They got gouged on the ground for a stretch, pretty big stretch, and they didn't rush past her well. But was it a bad defensive game? I'm not sure I can go that far. Something's wrong with Watt. I absolutely believe that. He's on the thumbs down list. He's very ginger. His facial expressions, something's wrong with him. Uh, also, the opponent, thumbs down, Mariota as a passer. Make him throw, and that's why this team's losing more and more. And they're also not very talented. That's especially true on defense. The Falcons' D is just a thumbs down for me. So, real quick, as you probably realized, the Steelers are 5-7. and seven. The rest of the division, all one as well. <laughs> Cleveland, despite Watson not playing well at all, narrowly beat what's by far the worst team in the league. So by no means am I thinking, boy, the Browns are in good shape. I mean, that was not a convincing win. But like the Steelers, they've won two in a row as well. Um, the Ravens, I mentioned Lamar getting hurt. They're the next opponent. I had major problems with them going into this game. I mean, I thought they were a big stock down, trending wrong way type of team before this game. And they narrowly, narrowly beat the Broncos, who are terrible. I mean, they're Denver's D's okay, but still, I mean, Baltimore scores, what, 10 points in this game? Barely beats a really bad Denver team? Like, they don't worry me at all next week, especially if Lamar's out. And then how about the Bengals? Bengals are on a four-game winning streak, beat the best team in the league, unlike the Browns and the Ravens, and are a massive contender. And I've been telling you for a while now that since he could go back to the Super Bowl, it's not just the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC. This is a very well-rounded team. Burrow's a monster. Jamar Chase is back since he is legit. They have a much harder schedule than the Ravens, but they're a much better team. I think they'll win the division. So there you have it. I will be back tomorrow. Take care. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.